What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? All right, so obviously yesterday was the Super Bowl. We didn't have time to do the podcast yesterday, so we're doing it today. But obviously, it being the Super Bowl, that's going to be the basis of everything we talk about. There'll be some other stuff, too. Um, but obviously, the if you live under a rock, um, you don't know that the Chiefs won. They won 31-20 to 20 against the 49ers. Um, I don't know, Nick, what are your feelings about the game? And the final score, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so overall, very close game. The score, in my opinion, does not do the game justice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs did not win that game by 11 points. The Chiefs won that game by one point. <laughs> and, you know, in reality, despite what the scoreboard says. Um, so I, I, overall, it was a pretty good uh, Super Bowl 54. Pretty good game. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't the best Super Bowl I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen, I'd say the Philadelphia Eagles one was, might have been better. Mm. Um, and just in, talking in like recent history, um, Philadelphia Eagles and the Patriots one was probably a little better. Um, I enjoyed the Rams-Patriots last year, even though mm-hmm. it was a little more boring. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say I enjoyed this one more than that. Um, the, the best one in recent history has got to be the Falcons and Patriots. Yeah. 28-point comeback is, is something to watch. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously... I would I would wish that I could say that, but the Patriots coming back was like probably one of the most annoying things I could have seen. It, but like I do root for like storylines like that where like it's like the big comebacks and everything. So like it was, I was in between on that one. But I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. Um. So you know, looking at the game, the Forty ers dominated. I would say throughout the entire game, barring the last maybe eight minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um. The Forty ers ran the ball very efficiently. They passed very efficiently. Um, well, they were a very efficient team. Uh, they used D- D- uh, Debo Samuel, rookie, I believe, out of oh, I forget where Debo Samuel came from. Okay. So far into uh, so far into the season, I forget where he came from. Um, but he was a rookie, and he was out of South Carolina. That's right. Okay. Um, rookie out of South Carolina had the most rushing yards by wide receiver in NFL history in a Super Bowl, which. It's one of those deeper stats that kind of really doesn't mean anything, but in my opinion, this kind of one kind of does. Um, you know, the 49ers, they, they used the hell out of Debo Samuel, and I'm not sure why they chose to do that. And it, it kind of did pay off for them. He was playing very well. Um, you know, the running the running game was just as good as I'd imagine would have been. You know, they ran a lot of, like, reverses. I saw so a lot of things that I – one of the things I saw a lot of was uh, they'd run, like, a, a fake uh, – a counter – they have like a right guard pull, and then they run a counter to to the um to the right. Um, three football junkies out there, you know, it was definitely hard for the defenses to read. Um, I forget who said it. It was a post game. It just you know, every single play, the the, the 49ers running scheme really makes the defense think. And in run in you know in the NFL and, and running rushing games, when teams have a good you know rushing game, you don't have time to think. You just got to go. You got to hit the hole. You got to try and blow up the play. And you know, that really allowed the 49ers to get a good, uh, good start right off the gate. Um, <clears> you know, it, although they went in, the score was like 10-10 when going into half. Yeah. But coming out, uh, the 49ers went up. What was it, 20, 20 to 10? Yeah, right? 20, 10, yeah. You know, they came back and they punched the the Chiefs in the mouth, and from that point on, the Chiefs kind of had answers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes showed why he's Patrick Mahomes. Um, Damian Williams played really well for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey had, had consecutive really good plays. I thought what was a really big surprise was uh, Sammy Watkins had a really good game. Uh-huh. He was making plays all over for the uh, for the Chiefs. 
Um, Tyree Hill obviously did well at 105 yards. You know, the Chiefs were pretty big on the spread of the ball. Um, one of the things I do question about the Chiefs is they um, they had Michelle McCoy as a healthy scratch, mm. which I feel like he would have been helpful for them in, in some situations. You know, they had, they had Dillian Williams rush the ball, and they had Darwin Thompson rush the ball as their running backs. So I don't know why they went over Darwin Thompson over somebody like Michelle McCoy, who's there, had experience. And you really don't have anything to lose by dressing Sean McCoy's. But this is, you know, Sean McCoy's, what, 31 now? So this could be his, his one and only Super Bowl. Mm. I'm take that from him. I thought it was a little bit upsetting. Mm. Um, I'm just going over, like, general thoughts about the game. Um, on the defensive side of things for the Chiefs, the Chiefs did obviously struggled. And the 49ers were pretty good the entire game. Uh, Nick Bosa had an incredible game. He was, I think he had pressure on 30% of, 37-something percent of yeah. his pass rushes, which is a pretty good percentage. You know, he was he was in Mahomes' face the entire night, and that was one of the reasons that they were losing, uh, you know, for the majority of the game. Um, but at the end, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs' offense was just explosive, and they made the clutch plays in the end, and they wound up winning the game. Uh, you know, if you look at the overall game, I'd say the 49ers were the better team, but the, that Chiefs' offense was just so explosive. They could score in the twitch, and, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at the final stat lines in terms of quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, he had a 62% completion rate. He went 20 for 20 through 26 for 42. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. One of the, one of the interceptions was his fault. One of them wasn't. It tipped out of Tyreek Hill's hands. Um, you know, touchdowns were pretty good. And Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing. He, um, he was 20 for 31, 64.5%. Uh, 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, one of them was sort of his fault, kind of not. The other one was definitely, you know, the, the last interception was the final play of the game yeah. that mattered, where he got picked off. He, he was kind of desperation mode. Mm-hmm. He chipped up a deep post, and hopefully he was letting this receiver make a play, but obviously he didn't, so that's not really his fault. Um, Grappolo finished with uh, 76 QBR, and Mahomes with the 84.4. So again, you know, looking looking down the line of these stats, it was a pretty close matchup, and I don't think the, the score really does it justice. Um, and, and, and also in terms of, like, Mahomes, I think... It's really if this doesn't solidify him, it's like the best quarterback in football. Um, you know, we'll get. I guess I'll just talk a little bit about Mahomes before I hand it off back to mm-hmm. a little bit about Garoppolo. Um, Mahomes, in my opinion, obviously if he keeps his pace, he will be the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, I, there's nobody who's put a resume this early in his career like he has. He has the 2018 MVP. He has a 50 plus touchdown season. 2019 Super Bowl win. 2019. Or 2019-2020 Super Bowl win. Um, 2019-2020 Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, his, his team has been, has been winning like crazy. Uh, Mahomes is just, he's really that impressive. And I know the media loves to talk about him and how great he is. But I, it's one of the few times where I think, you know, a media really harping on a player just because he probably does get clicks. But I think he is really worth it. Patrick Mahomes is a special talent. And the fact that he went 10 in, in the draft and was in 2017 is kind of just disrespectful. Um, he, has, he has incredible talent. On the other side, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, or Garoppolo. I stopped saying his name. But, you know, I, I think I saw in this game, I saw a lot of Brady in him, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't I, – I talked, I talked about this a little bit on uh, Brian's uh, – uh, you went live the other day on Instagram. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Um, and I talked a little bit about it on there. I just, he's not flashy. He makes the safe plays. He does what his, his team has to to win. Cause you know, the 49ers offense is pretty much based around the run. So he's not going to pass unless he has to. And, you know, Garoppolo throwing a 31 pass attempts is a lot for him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, and the reason they did that was because the Chiefs were playing the run pretty heavily. They were stacking up a goal line like they did against the Titans. Um, they weren't as successful, I would say. You know, they most racked up 58 yards. Coleman 28, Debo Samuel 53. They didn't do terrible, but they didn't do great. So they did mediocre. But it just it forced the 49ers to pass more. Um, but yeah, I, I again, I just think Garoppolo he makes a smart plays. He does what his team needs to win, but he's not flashy, and I don't think he's over the top. Um, you know, he he did choke a really big play. You know, he, I, it's obvious to me that he's not Brady as at least for right now. He still has a long way to go if he really wants to be like an elite talent in the NFL. But he's absolutely a serviceable quarterback, serviceable quarterback. He's definitely a franchise quarterback. Um, you know, one play that you really got to look at in terms of like. If I, had, if I had to name the one play that was, like, the most important to the game, it was a play when they were down 22-31 at that point. And I forgot how much time was left on the clock. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who the 49ers traded for the season, he ran a deep post. He beat the he beat the help over the top as well as the one-on-one. He was, you know, he had two steps on, on his defender 40-something yards down the field, and Garoppolo missed the, missed the pass. And that, that could have been a really big uh, game changer right there. I'm sure Garoppolo's going to think about that for quite some time. I wish he could have that throwback. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, was, it was a pretty good game all around. And I guess it's just some observations that I took away from it. Uh, Brian, what do you have to say? Yeah, so I thought it was a pretty good game too. Um, I mean, in terms of comparing it to past Super Bowls, I'd say that the Patriots one was definitely better, even though like I didn't want to see the Patriots win. But... This all this game also had a storyline. They were down twenty to ten. Storyline might be the wrong word, but they just like come from behind win. Yeah, um, and that was exciting. I was rooting for the Chiefs, but I was really rooting for like a cool finish to the game, and I think we basically had that, which was fun to see. Um, I think that the Forty ers deserved to win. The Chiefs just made the clutch plays that they had to make, and that's what led them to win. I don't. I thought we're gonna get into this, but. If Patrick Mahomes deserved the MVP, I think there's really no one else to give it to for the Chiefs. Um, so that's why he got it. I don't think I, Patrick Mahomes definitely didn't have his best game. He definitely didn't have his worst game. But I think that goes to the 49ers defense and being able to kind of not shut down Mahomes, but being able to keep him under wraps, which they definitely did. Um, but his clutch gene continued to prove uh, large in the game and that led to them winning the game um I think that um in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo I was actually really impressed with him um I to be honest never didn't really watch 49ers games during the regular season just because I don't feel a need to but I've definitely done some research on him and I feel like last last night's game was definitely something to see um in terms of he he wasn't the 49ers weren't reliant on the run game and they were actually somewhat reliant on him to do to do well and he did pretty good um obviously the two interceptions one of them was his fault and the other one not really um and i think he's definitely an above average quarterback and definitely a better quarterback than i thought he was um off of that is there anything else i want to say about the game i guess not really anything else um what else do you want to talk about, Nick? Uh, so I guess moving forward, as you said, um, did Mahomes deserve MVP? I'd probably say no to that. Um, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't say no. He's one of the possible candidates. And if you have possible candidates, one of them is quarterback. Quarterback's always going to yeah. get it. That's how football works. 
Um, I'm, Damian Williams had 104 rushing yards and a touchdown, so he could have gotten it. And, you know, it's not going to go to the losing team, so we're just going to talk about the Chiefs. Uh, Tyreek Hill had 105 receiving yards with a 44-yard pass cash. That was pretty big. Travis Kelsey only had 43 yards, but he did have one touchdown. I thought Travis, in my opinion, like watching the game, I thought Travis Kelsey, despite like statistical numbers, he made a lot of big plays, like third down third down uh, conversions and, and big catches, and he drew up a pass interference that kept their drive alive in the near the red zone, which I thought was a little sketchy. I'm not sure what to think of that. Um, if you remember that play, it was kind of like he ran up the seam, and then the linebacker corner, whatever, may have did, like almost bumped him but didn't, but then he fell, and they called pass interference. It really wasn't pass interference. Um, but, you know, Travis Kelsey was a big part in keeping the game alive for them. Um, I thought Sammy Watkins played exceptionally well. Um, you know, he had a really big resurgence in this game, 98 yards. Uh, you know, he didn't get any touchdowns, but it was really big for them. Um, Damian Williams had 29 receiving yards for a receiving touchdown. And Damian Williams also had a rushing touchdown, so I might have gotten to Damian Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a really good game for them. Yeah. Um, he probably would have my first pick. And then maybe Sammy Watkins, number two. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill tied for number three. And Patrick Holmes tied for number three. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes is the big name, so. Yeah. They're going to give it to Makes and, sense. And and nobody, no, no, yeah, nobody on the Chiefs defense played really well either. Um, Frank, Clark, Frank Clark had a sack, and that's about it. Yeah. And one sack usually doesn't get you. Unless it's a really big sack, it doesn't really yeah. get you uh, MVP of the game. Which I think Super Bowl MVP is kind of a stupid award anyway. Like, yes, it's the biggest game, but, like, I don't know. It, it's one game. Like, you get an award it, for playing good in one game. It definitely shouldn't hold the amount of weight that it does. Yeah. Um, what else? I guess we'll, we'll talk about Joe Buck being announcer and then get into the commercials and halftime show stuff. Uh, sure, yeah. I, I have a I have a deep dislike for Joe Buck. I think everyone. I don't know why he announces everything. I mean, from the World Series, he announces the Super Bowl, he announces, and he just he's never played in these sports. He doesn't have any deep knowledge for any of them. He literally just states the obvious. Like, I remember it was earlier in the game. I think it was him or Twayaker, and they said that in order to win the, the Chiefs for win the game, they were going to have to protect Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> It's like, well, not really. <laughs> You're telling me the team who, whose quarterback gets sacked less, they have a better chance of winning? And, and Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback? Like, you know. Versus, like, somebody like Tony Romo can give you, like, a really big insight like into the Tony game. Romo, yeah. And, you know, he, he makes it understandable for people that don't watch, too. Like, he can, he can, he helps people watching not only, like, understand what, like, what they saw, but also, like, on a deeper level in terms of, like, football knowledge. He helps explain, too. So, like, why can't we have somebody like that? You know, really break down a Super Bowl. I think that would make it even better. Yeah, based off that, it's kind of funny. So when the this is not football really, when the Mets were in the World Series and Joe Buck was announcing, my dad tried to like, he had like this old radio that he tried to get the radio announcers for the Mets because they still broadcast the games, even though like SNY, who's the TV broadcaster, doesn't broadcast the game. He tried to like get the radio announcer's voice to go perfectly over the game, and we muted the TV. But there was, like, a delay, so we couldn't get that perfectly, so we still had to listen to Joe Buck. But we tried every possible way not to have to listen to him try to announce a baseball game. And I don't know why Fox has him as their, like, person. I, I, I haven't watched too much of him in baseball, but I can only from what I remember, it's like, you know, in order for the Yankees to win here, they can't strike out. It's like, wow. In order for Good the job, Yankees Joe to Buck. win, they have to have more runs in everything. 
Yeah, you gotta have more. You gotta you gotta score more points than the other team to win the game. Thank you, Joe Buck. <laughs> I know his dad was an announcer, so that's probably that's a stupid mm-hmm. reason, but I'm sure that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, commercials. What was my favorite commercial? Um, the one with uh, John Krasinski. They're in. They were like Boston accents. You remember that one? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Smart Park. Yeah, <laughs> Smart Park. In the hob. <laughs> I mean, John Krasinski is, like, my favorite character in the office. Well, obviously, it's Jim Halpert, but in the office. So, like, to see him in a commercial is fun. That's a good game. I was thinking also about the Brady commercial. We still really don't know what that means. If anybody didn't watch the Brady commercial, I don't know if I want to spoil it. I don't think it. I saw that. Oh, you didn't see that one? Maybe. Keep so, in, yeah. in the Brady commercial, it was a Hulu commercial, and Brady walks out into Gillette Stadium, and he goes... You know, if this if this needs to happen, then you're gonna hear it from me and not nobody else. Like my fans need to hear this, oh. as if he was gonna retire. And then he goes, "Who has live sports?" <laughs> but then he goes, "But who? Like, who, I don't know." But like, Hulu Sports like changed some of their policies or something. And he goes, "Even though they're they're changing, I'm not. Like, I'm not leaving." Which either means he's not retiring or he's not leaving the Patriots, and it's still kind of cryptic. People don't know. Huh. Yeah, I didn't see and that. Like my, and I'd assume, like, my roommate pointed this out, that it makes more sense. The fact that he did the the, the footage in Gillette yeah, Stadium yeah. probably means he's going back to the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so that was a really interesting commercial. Um, I also like the uh, Tide commercials where the guy kept on showing up again. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, it was also the Post Malone one was really funny oh, where yeah. he knocked everything yeah. over. Yeah. And I'm like, we can just get both. And my favorite part is like, he's like walking over the destroyed store. He's like, you got any pretzels? <laughs> that was a really good one. It costs um, like $2 million to get it. I think it, I saw a video cost like $2 million to get, uh, what is it called? uh, commercial, but you have to like have already paid for like $20 million worth of commercials throughout the whole season to actually get a slot to have one of those commercials. That's crazy. Um, in terms of like the more meaningful ones, I really like. I forget if it was like Budweiser, where they did like the, you're a typical American. This person's a typical American. It was like the typical American like, beer. Yeah, they do that all. They do that every year. That one was a good one. Um, and I also saw the one where they had. I think it was Josh Jacobs. Was it? I don't know. Who they had? It was like the Kia commercial where they had him like talk about his like how he's homeless as a child. I think I missed that one too. Really, yeah. So, like, he was just talking about how he was homeless as a child, and if he could go back and talk to himself, um, <clears throat> you know, he'd be like, "Stay strong, you'll get through this." <clears throat> it was Josh Jacobs. Um, I also really like the, the commercial. I guess it was a commercial where they had the kid run oh, yeah. around like the world, and then, and then he, he ends up, and then it cut to like a live shot. That was really dope. I thought yeah. that was really cool. cool. I was waiting for that to happen. I was like, oh, "Nice." That yeah, was really cool. Um, so yeah, I think that covers all the commercials. Yeah. Um, there was the halftime show. I thought it was. I thought personally thought it was the best halftime show ever. Really, I didn't even like it. So what I liked about it was number one, it wasn't over like too stupidly over the top, like a Katy Perry or Madonna flying down or freaking sharks. Like about. Keep going. <laughs> I, I, I liked how it wasn't like over the top like that. I thought the dancing was pretty cool. I thought the music was pretty cool. You know, the fact that it was in Miami. And they had people like Bad Bunny and I forget what the other guys' names yeah, were. Nice um, like they had all these Latin American like current 
artists. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was a, kind of like a big celebration of, of Latin America, which if people don't know, like Miami, the culture of Miami is all based around like Latin America. Cause a lot of people from like Cuba escaped there and all the Latin American yeah. countries and people that want to leave, you know, the Latin American countries come to America. One of the first places they go to is Miami because it's, it's pretty deep into, uh, into Florida. So like, there's a really heavy pop, there's a really heavy population of Latin Americans there. So, you know, to have JLo and Shakira do it made a lot of sense. And they did like a big celebration of Latin American culture. Um, was a little bit of promiscuous and I think it turned off a lot of people. Yeah. Um, a little bit, you know, no, no wardrobe malfunctions, but it was a little, uh, you know, some of the clothes were a little bit scandalous. Um, but overall, I thought it was like one of the best. Just again, like the the meaning that it had behind it, the fact that it wasn't over top, the dancing was pretty cool, the music was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. Hmm. You disagree? I I, don't, I, I kind of like when it's like not. I don't know, over the top. I don't. I do kind of like over the top stuff, especially for the Super Bowl. Like, maybe over the top's the wrong word, not the word I'm looking for, but. Like, I felt like nothing special really happened in the halftime show. And I was waiting for something special to happen. And that could just be that it was different from other show, halftime shows in the past. But, like, I kept on expecting something to happen and never did happen. So I didn't really like it that much. Um, I mean, it was definitely good, but it wasn't, in my opinion, the best. No, I agree with you. Like, I, if anything, that's what's going to hold it back from like being one of the best of all time is the fact that there wasn't anything spectacular. Mm. But I feel like that could make or break it because if you do something crazy and it's just stupid, stupid. like and, like yeah. the dancing sharks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it ruins it. Yeah. Um. So that was the halftime show, and I guess like the final segment of the Super Bowl would be uh, Andy Reid. Congrats, to Andy Reid. Yeah. A lot of memes coming around about him. Um. He said. One of the first things he said after winning is that he's going to go home and get eat the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen, maybe even a double, mm-hmm. which was funny because me and my roommates were all joking about how like the only reason his only motivation to win the Super Bowl was to get to the White House and get the Big Macs, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he said that like right after, yeah. so it was it was really fitting. Um, there's a video of him walking to the locker room after he dabs. Um, and it's just funny because like. You guys are like Andy Reid's like six three, three hundred and twenty pound man. He looks, he's you know, like I say, years old. Yeah, he has, he has a body that's very similar to a walrus. I'd say. <laughs> um, in my opinion, he's the Eggman, which is the villain in Sonic. You can look him up. The Eggman looks just like him. I can't believe the Eggman won the Super Bowl. That was yeah. the first thing I posted on my social media. So I think it was a good time. I'm, I'm happy for Andy Reid, though. Yeah. You know, he's been a prolific coach in the NFL. Like he, he could easily. The only thing that really hold me back from being in the Hall of Fame was a Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. and I think this may put him over the edge for that. You know, he's had such such a, a winning um, a winning career that just it, it would make sense if you just um, it, would, it would. Sorry, I was just looking at an update. It would just make sense that he would make it to the Hall of Fame. He's just, he's had so many wins that it just. You know, he's had a great career, and it's, I think it was the only thing really holding him back on his resume. So, congrats to Andy Reid. Yeah, definitely true. Um, I guess done with the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know what the future of our football segment holds for the next coming months, um, but we'll go into NBA. So, 
Um, lots of trade rumors going around with the trade deadline approaching. Do you know the date of the trading deadline? It's the 6th of February. Oh, wow. Thursday. Okay. Ah, so, very close. Um, so, with... I'm going to focus on the Knicks first. Uh, the Knicks are currently seven and a half games back. I think the Nets are in the eighth seed still. Now, um, when I talk about this, I'm not thinking that they're, that they're anywhere close to making the playoffs. But um, I do think that it has to be discussed if they should be buyers or sellers. And if anyone thinks that they should be buyers at this point, I don't know what you're thinking because... They are so far from being an actual organization. They're so dysfunctional, so disorganized. Um, I mean, the Grizzlies game, what happened from the fight that broke out? Chance of selling a team that MSG tried to cover up with uh, loud music. That was just so cringy. Um, Then the fight that broke out. Then one of the Grizzlies players complained that there was no hot water after the game. That... That's so bad. I mean, it's kind of just a funny thing that doesn't really have anything to do with my main point. But they are dysfunctional from in every sense. And yeah, there's still like somewhat of a chance for them to make a playoff push. But if they try to make a trade that's focused around getting this, getting an older guy who might help them inch their way into the playoffs, that'll put them further behind the eight ball and where they have to be. I mean, they basically have to... I'd say they were like 10% into a rebuild and they have to go all in. Um, and I think, I think we've said this many times, but James Dolan is so impatient as an owner um, that they keep almost getting there and then they just inch their, they just back up like so far beyond where they have to be. They had Chris stops, they traded him, they got impatient, wasn't doing anything. And now they're further behind than they've ever been. And it just sucks that they're in this situation and Knicks fans still have to deal with crappy ownership and stuff like that. But if they try to make a trade for some old guy like they've done in the past just to get themselves back into the playoffs, it'll be a terrible situation for the Knicks. They have, in my, I think in everyone's opinion, they have to be sellers. Um, first, they have to trade Marcus Morris, even though there was an alert today that they're trying to keep Marcus Morris, which I don't understand i get that you need veterans on a team to um to mold the younger players but marcus morris is the type of veteran where he's actually really good and needs to play but he's out he shouldn't be on the knicks because they have to play the young players and he's taking the spot of young players even if people think that their young players aren't that good they have to give them a chance to actually somewhat develop but they're not giving them a chance because Marcus Morris is taking up playing time, Bobby Porras is taking up playing time, Taj Gibson's taking up playing time, and it's just a really annoying situation. Um, but if they try and be buyers, like it would be so stupid. Nick, any comments? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, I said in the past, the Knicks got to do this right. I think uh, in terms of like football. You look at the the Cleveland Browns, right? Even though I think they need to work out their coaching situation, they they accumulated so much talent on the team just by being patient. You know, being terrible for for a few years. Zero and sixteen team, zero and sixteen season obviously was there. Uh, you know, just just taking their time, accumulating their draft picks, getting young talent, and now now they're really just in a search 
for you know not only do they got to retain their talent obviously but they're surely going to search for the right coaching and that team could be a Super Bowl contending team it's just all about whether they can put it together or not um but I think a, a better uh example of this is going to be probably in terms of basketball is going to be the 76ers yeah 76ers were a joke for the in the NBA for a long time um they, they were the there was that one team in the East that was worse than the Knicks. With the 76ers, they were sellers. They were sellers, and they waited their times. They were terrible. They were sellers. They traded away what they had. They accumulated a lot of picks. Then they went and drafted Joel, Joel Embiid. They drafted Ben Simmons. Drafted Markel Fultz, which didn't work out. Yeah. Um, you know, but that happens. Um, you know, and then they kind of worked from there. You know, they, they drafted two exceptional talents, and they've kind of accumulated talent from there. Um, you know, the Knicks are going to continue to try and trade. To, to be buyers and it's just it's not going to work out there's rumors that they want D'Angelo Russell I wouldn't hate it if they only traded older towns but that's not what the Nick, the Warriors want they're going to want somebody that because the Warriors are in like a stage right now where they're trying to get a, a head start on their rebuild um you know since since Clay and Steph are pretty much out for the entire year they have a bad record they're going to get a good draft pick and I think they're trying to deal D'Angelo Russell for somebody that's going to be pretty good um you know in terms of like either draft pick or somebody that's going to be young talent for them um, so I, I don't know. The Knicks, the Knicks giving up young talent to get the end of Russell, I just don't think it's going to be worth it. I do think he's a good player, but he's just not going to be the right move. But as you said, you, you got to let Marcus Morris go. You know, Julius Randle's on the edge. You might want to keep him, might want to get rid of him. If, if you get the right trade package where you either get, you know, a first-round pick or you get another young player, I think it's worth dealing Julius Randle. Just start fresh. Get Get young players in there. Um, you know, try to find the right coaching. Just you got to do this right. Keep the young talent that you have. Play them. And if, if you try to do shortcuts, you try to be buyers. It's, you're just gonna have a, a, an endless cycle of being bad. Yeah. A few things I want to hit on. So the rumors right now for D'Angelo Russell, which is why I'm actually in support of the trade, is that they want Frank Nilakina and Bobby Portis. And if that's what they want, um, by all means, do that. I mean, D'Angelo Russell is so much better. And the reason that the Warriors would want to do that is that. Um, both that would take a lot of money off their cap for next season. Um, obviously, D'Angelo Russell, they signed to a three-year deal. I don't remember the exact number, but it would take money off from their cap space, which would help them out, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, obviously, this is like a fluke of a season for the Warriors, um, and they're going to be back to being pretty good, assuming all the injuries don't really affect the players that much, to being back in the playoffs and being championship contenders, in my opinion. Um, also, two things. First off, maybe it doesn't all fall on James Dolan, and maybe he feels the pressure from the fans a little bit. Um, I, I heard this somewhere, but, like, to, like, everyone wants to win in New York, and there's probably some pressure on James Dolan that he feels like if they're not good for an extended period of time, um, things are going to turn bad. And that's why he keeps on making these stupid trades. But on the other hand, I feel like a lot of Knicks fans are reasonable and understand that they have to go through a period of time where they're really bad to be really good. Um, but what sucks more is that because they've been impatient, they, they're they like good for like a millisecond of a time and then they just go back into being nothing and being a terrible team. I mean, they made it, they made the playoffs in 2012 and... Was it 2012? Um, it was maybe two seasons in a row. They didn't do anything in the playoffs. And now they're back to nothing. I mean, the, fir- the first... The tw- 2000s, um, 
from to 2010 they were nothing then they had two good seasons got out in the first round and now they've been bad for the rest of 2010 to 2020 so they have like this millisecond of success and that's what happens when they're impatient and don't do a full rebuild and the fact that they haven't been able to do a full one since i don't know 1999 is really bad and they just have to go all in but it sucks that it's still going to be like another three years before they're anything unless they find some miraculous talent which would be awesome i agree um i i guess moving off of the knicks and talk about the rockets trade rumors so apparently the rockets are looking to deal clint capella this happens almost every offseason at this point since Capella, I think it's what, two or three now, not offseason, but around the trade deadline, the Rockets look to trade Capella, and I just don't understand why. He's been a solid center for us. I understand that we need more talent, and we need to, we're basically in a win-now situation. We've invested so much into having Russell Westbrook and the team that we have that we need to win now, and we're not winning enough with the team that we have, so we need to make changes. Uh, Robert Covington, trade rumor with the with Timberwolves might be a player that we're looking to acquire, but apparently they're looking to trade Cook Capella either to the Celtics or the Atlanta Hawks right now. Um, I don't know, understand what the Rockets would get from the Atlanta Hawks to be worth anything. We don't need draft picks. We've already so drained on draft picks that we should really just keep playing with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. We can't enter like rebuilding, half rebuilding right now because just we invested so much in Harden. We're eventually going to be terrible at some point once Harden starts to fall off and Westbrook starts to fall off. But until then, you know, we gotta we gotta win now. Um, I don't think there's anything that we could get out of Atlanta Hawks besides Trey Young, but we're there a point guard. So I, I, with Click Capella, it just it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why he would go there. With the Celtics, like you know, kind of the same. I don't think there's anything the Celtics would offer us to be worth Click Capella. What are they gonna give us? Ennis Cantor and some draft picks. I, I don't know if that'll really help us too much. Again, I don't think we need picks. I think we need players. And the Celtics are not giving up Jason Tatum. Um, you know, maybe if they went, if they gave us Ennis Cantor and Gordon Hayward, maybe it'd be worth it. But you know, why would the Celtics do that? They're winning with the team; they have a lot of depth. I just don't understand what the Rockets would want to get out of that. Mm. You know, we're, again, we're just we're so deep. We traded away first round picks for the next like five, six years. <laughs> we're just so you know, de- we have such a deficit in picks. It's just you know, we can't start a rebuild. We don't have the the picks to really do that. Yeah. There's no reason to trade away our players to start a rebuild. It's just a you can't be in between. You gotta be one or the other. Teams that go in, but teams that go in between, you know, barring special situations like the Warriors, it just it doesn't work. It's like the Knicks. They they're like in between, but they're not even anywhere close to being good. Which is, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go back there. Hundred percent. Do you have any uh, comments besides that about the Rockets? Uh, no, not really. All right. So going on to I guess there's like two kind of heavy trade rumors swirling around the NBA right now. Uh, first of all, we have the Lakers. It's pretty obvious they're trying to shop Kuzma. Apparently, they tried to shop him with the Kings, and the Kings made an offer, and the Lakers didn't like it. So, well, I think, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you if Kuzma was going to go or not. I wouldn't be surprised if he went. You know, I feel like the Lakers are looking for a guard that could really step up when LeBron's off the court to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where Kuzma goes, if he goes anywhere. You know, he's been pretty good this season, but at the same time, he just... He hasn't been seeing the same numbers because he's playing behind Anthony Davis. He's playing behind LeBron. His numbers have decreased, but I still think he's the same caliber player. I think if he goes to a team, let's say, like the Sacramento Kings, he can easily be an all-star because he'll get that much usage, a really high usage rate. He'll get more minutes. It'll be beneficial for his own career, but maybe not like in terms of winning uh, 
you know, championships and whatnot. But, you know, it'll be beneficial for his own career. Uh, and then going off of that, apparently the Cavs are not looking to trade Kevin Love, which makes no sense to me. The Cavs need to enter rebuilding right now. Colin Sexton did not plan out how they wanted it to him, too. You know, Kevin Love's only going to get worse and worse with age. And they said they're going to look to trade him in the offseason. But you'll get a lot more, in my opinion, you're going to get a lot more value out of Kevin Love at the trade deadline for a team that really needs him. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot more sense to trade him now. Yeah, I just don't understand what, what value more value you're going to get the older he gets and the longer you wait. He's not really he's not helping your franchise win games. Put him on a team that needs him. You know, I don't know what team that may be, but you know he he'd be a lot better on a, on a contending team than where he is right now. Yeah, he's been on that team for so long. Yeah. Um. I guess that's that's it for NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so some baseball stuff, not a lot happened, but there's some stuff to talk about. I guess I'll start with the Astros got their new coach, Dusty Baker. Um, that's a pretty good alternative to AJ Hinch. Um, Dusty Baker was probably the most experienced, uh, possible coaching candidate the Astros could have gotten and probably this whole off season too. Um, he was obviously last coaching for the Nationals who um, did pretty well under him. It just kind of just fizzled out, and they didn't really find any real success um, compared to what they did last season, obviously. And so um, I think that's a pretty good signing for them. It should be interesting how like the Astros go about um, commenting about all this, the, tr- the whole scandal, um, and how Dusty Baker goes about that. And I'm sure that's why they tried to hire someone who was very experienced, because... You don't want to hire a new person and have them have to deal with all this stuff. Um, from there, uh, Curtis Granderson retired. Obviously, he was like probably one of my favorite players of all time. He was just such a nice guy on and off the field. Um, that's odd for me to say considering he was a Yankee. Well, he was a Tiger, then a Yankee. Um, but to have a guy – he was similar to David Wright, but just like he was just good off on and off the, off the field. Um his uh, foundation, I think it's called Grandy Kids or something, Grandkids. Um, just an awesome guy, and I'm sure he also said it, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of Curtis Granderson in baseball going for, uh, further. He'll probably be a great coach, and I'm sure that's what he's going to try and do. Um, maybe a Met coach at some point. But hopefully Luis Rojas works out. Any comments on that, Nick? Yeah, I thought Curtis Granson was a really good guy during his career. I was a fan of him as a Yankee, and I'm kind of sad the Yankees let him go when they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, congrats to Curtis Granson on a great career. Yeah. Um, other than that, the last thing, um, the Mets signed Matt Adams. Not really, like, a big signing. It was to a minor league deal, but it could affect how they go about uh, Dom Smith and if they look to trade him. I think at this point you, you have to trade Dom Smith. Um, for those that don't know, he's, I guess, the backup first baseman. He was supposed to be the uh, go-to first baseman before Pete Alonso had his like coming of age in the minors and to what he did last season. Um, Dom Smith was first, but Pete Alonso um, obviously took that spot from him. And he doesn't really have a spot on the team. He could be a very big trading candidate for the Mets um, in the future, and it should be this offseason because Matt Adams probably provides more for the Mets coming off the bench than Dom Smith does. Not saying Matt Adams is a better player than Dom Smith, but Matt Adams has a lot of power, and that's a big thing to have off to have coming off the bench. 
compared to Dom Smith, who's pretty good at getting on base. But I don't know who they could get for Dom Smith, but they definitely should look to trade him, and I think that's what they're going to do. Um, I guess that's it for baseball. Time for our college stuff section. All right, college stuff. Uh, college football, not much going on. Some mock, some mock drafts starting up. Not much to talk about. Super Bowl's over. Uh, you can really start assessing teams and where they need to go and, you know, who they need to pick up. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the future in terms of college basketball. A sort of quiet week, a couple upsets. Uh, game of the week, we had BC versus UNC. Uh, even though UNC gained Cole Anthony back, they still they still lost to BC. I think the score was 72-71. Uh, BC's 11-11. Uh, UNC's 10-11 after that game. Uh, it's kind of upsetting, you know. UNC was going to be one of the better teams in the in college basketball this year, and they really haven't panned out. Um, there's the top ten for Week 14: you know, Baylor at one, Gonzaga at two, Kansas three, San Diego State four, Louisville five, six, Dayton, Duke seven, uh, Florida State eight. Uh, Maryland jumps all the way up to nine. They're probably a big, one of the bigger jumps of the week. And we have Villanova at ten, uh, Auburn jumped to eleven, Seton Hall at twelve because Seton Hall and Villanova lost this week, so they both moved down two spots. Um, you know, not nothing too crazy. You still have your top four intact. In San Diego State, San Diego State still undefeated. Uh, Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State. You know, they're becoming more and more looks, looking like they're locked in for the number one seeds in the March Madness tournament. Uh, other than that, you know, we have the final stretch of college basketball coming here, coming soon. Uh, Villanova plays Butler and then Seton Hall back to back, so it's gonna be pretty good games for me to watch. Hopefully, if I get time in between my NT class, but uh, that covers all college stuff for the week. Any cool comments, Brian? No, not really. On the controversial topic, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, if you go back to the Super Bowl, uh, Kittle, everyone kind of saw this play. Kittle pushed off on, I believe it was Sorensen for the Chiefs. Um, it was very similar to the, the Travis Rudolph play versus the Vikings and the Saints, and they didn't call it then. And nearly identical plays, yet uh, you know one was called and wasn't. Even the announcers kind of contradicted themselves. With the Rudolph play, they didn't really say much versus with um, – with the Kittle play, they said it, it was past interference. I, I don't know. It was kind of interesting to me. Uh, do you have any comments, Brian? Yeah. Um, I remember watching it. and um, Well, actually, I was like semi-watching it, to be honest. But I saw the replays. Um, I thought that it definitely looked like what you're talking about, um, which I wasn't thinking about at the moment. And that's a really good point that you bring up because, I mean, the contradiction is a huge one compared to, like, it's such a big game in the Super Bowl, obviously, and that's a that was a major point in the game and could have been a could have really helped the 49ers possibly get back in the game. Hundred percent, yeah. I just think I don't know. You got to take a look at offensive pass interference and, and yeah, you know, with the challenge rules, I hope the NFL really takes a look at it at this offseason and really defines what's pass interference versus what's not. Yeah, they better do that. I mean, that's been a mm-hmm. big problem this season. That's it for this week's podcast. Um, Nick, any final thoughts? Uh, not really. Not too much going on this week. Just busy with school. Um, it's a good Super Bowl. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can contact me at my Instagram at nick.horvath. I have my email at nicholashorvath10 at yahoo.com or on my Twitter at nickhorvath61. Uh, other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening, and I'll hand it off to Brian. Yep. So, pretty exciting sports week. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl. Football is basically done now. It's baseball time, which is exciting, at least for me. I like baseball eh, more than football, I guess. Sorry, Nick. Um, so lots of exciting stuff coming. Um, not really that much more to discuss. I'm finishing up a Chiefs video right now for tonight. Um, 
then it's probably going to be mainly baseball-focused content and basketball. But other than that, we'll be back next week. Let us know what you thought of this. If you have any comments, I guess DM us. You can't really comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, check out our videos on YouTube. Check out our articles on our website, sportuniverse.com. Follow us on Instagram, the.sport.universe. Um, if you have any interest in writing for us, editing videos, or any way you think you could help us, contact the sportuniverse2019 at gmail.com. And other than that, thanks for listening. Bye.